everybody, and welcome to the Smart Mark Show, and we're here to review Extreme Rules and all of its follow-up. The supposed Paul Heyman never Bischoff Raw and SmackDown, which we know one of them is not as true as the other one. No, we don't. Remember, don't trust any rumors. They're all lies. My name is Spencer. My name is Glenn. And let's go ahead and kick this off with the pay-per-view, Extreme Rules. And <laughs> news alert... I finally watched a pre-show match. I mean, it only took Shinsuke Nakamura versus Finn Balor, one of the best NXT uh, matches I ever saw, happening for the Intercontinental title, but uh, it got me to watch it. It got me to watch the pre-show. I wish they would advertise what, what matches were on the pre-show before, a few minutes before, or a few hours before, which this match just popped up a few hours before it happened. Yep. What a build-up. A tweet. <laughs> that is that is our story writing in today's WWE. Tweeting. That's right. That's right. Donald J. Trump could be your next head writer oh, for WWE. <laughs> be big league. Um, Shinsuke versus Finn. It happened on the SmackDown before, right? So Shinsuke beat the utter living hell out of Finn Balor. This match was a little more even, but once Shinsuke got control and got that Kinsaw shot at the back of the neck, it, it was all over. It was, man, the match on SmackDown I loved because it made Shinsuke look like a dominant bad badass. But then yeah. I was like, but this is the trope, right? Bad guy gets one over on the good guy on the go-home show, and then the good guy wins the pay-per-view. Wrong. This was hella wrong. I'm surprised they put the IC title match on the kickoff show. I know. I know. That, that IC title, you've heard us say it time and time again, it means more, in our opinion, than the heavyweight championship. Yeah, and there's more story to Nakamura and Finn Balor than there was to Nakamura and AJ, and this deserved better build-up. The IC title deserved better build-up, but this deserved better build-up. Um, so, basically... Shinsuke and AJ fought maybe once in New Japan Pro Wrestling, but uh, King Devitt, Prince Devitt, Finn Balor, and Nakamura fought plenty of times. A lot. A, a, a lot. And they fought in NXT. So the WWE fans have a point of reference for the rivalry. And you've got clips you can use show, show for everything. And it's and it's neat because it's like two members of the Balor, Balor Club against Shinsuke, and this is the second one. Um, the, the Bullet Club. They have to... Whatever. You get it. Uh, yeah, this this match was really cool. I love that Shinsuke won the IC title. So, he won the US title before. And now he's won the IC title. So, he's a solid contending mid-carder. Yep. Which is what you've got to be to become a heavyweight champion. So, this is a good route for him. Yep. You know, fighting AJ for the title, not really winning. Then won the US title. Then won the IC title. Hopefully, now they treat the IC title better. I hope so. You know, the, since he's come up to the main roster... His heel turn is really what made him shine. Yeah. And he's just, he's, you know, won those two titles. I'm, it just makes me aggravated that they put this on the kickoff show. If you're going to do a, a championship title match, you need to have it on your main show just to showcase these guys because, honestly, how many people are going to watch the pre-show? Yeah, and there's, um, I didn't need Braun Strowman versus Bobby Lashley, the last nope. man standing match. I mean, you know, we'll, we'll get into it. They did fine, but uh, I didn't need that match at all. I thought the, the, the blow-off could have been what happened on Raw. 
mm-hmm. and some of these matches need to headline the uh, the weekly shows because back in the Attitude Era, that everyone you know romances that that is something that happened a lot. We got a lot of title matches on those shows. Mick Foley versus Triple H, I believe, to or was it Mick Foley versus The Rock to win the title and Triple H and DX helped them. Yep. That happened on a Raw. Happened on a Raw. And it's not one of those surprising things. We actually have gotten plenty of title changes on Raw, especially mid-card titles and tag titles. Yep. It doesn't need to be saved for pay-per-view. So Shinsuke and Finn Balor could have headlined the following SmackDown. Oh, yeah. Um, cool. That's just what could have happened. You could have put them in a four-way with two other guys on the pre-show and then you know, had them headline SmackDown. Yep. Whatever. They didn't. So we'll move on to the pre-show match I didn't watch. I skipped past it. It's the 205 Live match. You know, that, that company that WWE has, but they forget. Kind of like Tom Warner didn't know exactly where <laughs> WCW was placed in the books. It was placed in Other. Yeah, that's what 205 Live is to WWE. It's placed in Other. This wasn't a bad match. Uh, it was Drew Gulak, Gulak yeah. yeah, versus Tony Nese. For what it was, it was a typical cruiserweight match. Yeah. Uh, Gulak came out with the win. I mean, it was what it was. It wasn't there nothing really super awesome happened. No really big uh interesting high spots. It was just a match. Yeah, so there we go. That happened Drew Gulak he um he kept his championship. Yep, so. yep, but then the real pay-per-view kicked off with a awesome match. I couldn't believe it was awesome either because it was The Undertaker. You know, the guy that goes to Shoney's at 3 p.m. for dinner. <laughs> and Roman Reigns versus Shane McMahon and Drew McIntyre. This match was phenomenal. I really didn't expect Taker to move around the ring as fast as he was moving. Yeah, and to do everything he did. Oh man! When he did that guillotine leg drop on the uh, on the side of the ring, I was like, "Well, he's done for the rest of the night because he just landed on his butt." And uh, then, no, he kept going, and he was strong the whole time. And I was like, "Oh my God, what could have been with that Goldberg match had Goldberg not knocked himself out?" Exactly. What could have been? Because in that match, until you could see the effects really taking toll, it was great too. Oh yeah. Like a spear out of the gate. Holy shit. Um, yeah, uh, Undertaker did really well. Roman Reigns was good as the tag partner. Um, Drew was, Drew was very menacing. Yes. I kept wondering, uh, when's he going to get that Claymore kick on Taker? When's he going to lay Taker out with a Claymore kick? And I knew Shane was going to be the oppor- opportunist. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I was, con- I, I said it before, I was convinced that, uh, Taker and Drew may fight outside the ring after Drew laid out Roman and then Shane get a cheap hit on Roman and win. And then he can say he beat The Undertaker and Roman Reigns mm-hmm. and The Miz and whatever else. So that didn't happen. No. Undertaker, he was stalking Shane for a tombstone or a chokeslam. Um, he was just stalking him at that point. Drew was lined up for the Claymore. Taker turned around, and the Claymore was coming, and Roman got that spear. Yeah, he did. And that was a cool little highlight moment, because Taker just kind of looked like, well, he saved me. What the damn <laughs> hell? Well, that look was just like, wow. Is Keep this... that up, boy. I'll make you famous. Yeah. <laughs> Is this what Bret Hart felt like at the Hall of Fame induction? <laughs> 
That's hilarious. But yeah, that this match I was super happy with. I loved it. Oh, this is probably one of my favorite matches on the card. Shane with the elbow to the outside. To the outside on oh. Taker. I'm like, damn, and then Elias with the guitar which cut uh Taker's, Taker's back. back. And I, that coast to coast to the to the trash can. We holy, haven't seen it to the trash can in a while. No, not at all. But this is I mean, I was surprised. Taker you know what? I don't even blame the crappy match between him and Goldberg on Taker. Uh, Goldberg needs to stop bashing his head on doors before he goes to the ring, and he needs to calm his ass down. A, concussions. B, what a long flight over there. C, it was 100-something degrees when they got to wrestle. Yep. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, once once uh, the coast-to-coast -coast hit, you know, Taker's... <laughs> pops up. Yeah. And it's like, it oh, holy crap. Holy crap. And the win that these guys pulled off. And what was really cool, after the match was over, the Roman and Taker are standing in the ring. And it, it, you watch Taker. He says, this is your yard now. Ooh, aww. And I'm like, wow, now. That's all good and dandy, but if Taker doesn't get to kick the crap out of Elias for cutting him open on, with that guitar... Yeah. I mean, come on. I know. Book that match. <laughs> yep. Um, that match was followed by another tag team match. That's fine. Uh, Raw tag team championship match. The Revival defending their titles against the Usos. Um, I thought, okay, this is where you take the titles off the Revival because they don't have any contract yet. But they didn't. They retained them. I don't really have a lot to say about this match. It was a Raw match. We've seen this match. I don't know why this had to be on the card and not Finn and Shinsuke. Yeah. Exactly. This minutes. should have been on the pre-show. Yeah. You have anything you want to say about it? There was nothing really... I mean, the Usos did their thing. Uh, the Revival... I thought the Revival was more... They got more hot tags mm -hmm. than, than the Usos did in this one. But, you know, like you said, it's this was, we could have watched this on Monday night. Yeah. But it was followed by a match that really did impress me. SmackDown Women's Championship match. Bailey defending her title against Alexa Bliss and her BFF Nikki Cross. Uh, I have been very concerned with the way they've used Nikki Cross on the main roster. However, I uh, because they never threw her into Sanity, which I thought would have saved Sanity. But the way they're doing her right now, solo, building up to her going crazy, I believe, it's fine. Um, Alexa got in there and wrestled a little bit. That's good. I think everyone's concerned for her safety whenever she gets in the ring. Yeah. Um, so I'm cool with her always taking a a sidebar or a backseat. She needs to, or she's going to end up with major issues later on down the road. Oh, what happens when you wrestle Nia Jax? <laughs> um, and Nikki Cross carry the match for the team. However, Bailey pretty much dominated from beginning to end both women. I was pleasantly surprised with the way Bailey handed this um, two-on-one match. I, I, I'm, I'm waiting for the, the double cross with yeah. Nikki and, <laughs> and Alexa. <laughs> um, but overall, the match was really good. I, I was happy with everything. Uh, Nikki Cross hitting that tornado DDT and then Bailey kicking out. I was like, oh, okay. Oh, yeah, and the Twisted Bliss getting blocked by the knees. Looked painful. Yeah. But at least it wasn't on the neck. So True. Um, yeah, I was happy. Uh, Bailey looked strong, too. I'm like, oh, man, Bailey looked strong. The last time she wrestled with her championship at Extreme Rules, she got beaten in her hometown by Alexa and a kendo stick. So 
Yep. Now she got revenge, <laughs> and then some. Um, but yeah, I'm happy that Bailey looks strong. The next, <laughs> speaking of strong, the next match, last man standing match between Braun Strowman and Bobby Lashley. And no joke, I caught a couple of highlights, but I skipped this match because I was so bored with the rivalry, I didn't care. My my first note is why is this the match at all? Well, that tells you a lot. Did did you actually take any other notes though? Uh, just a couple of, uh, there was a spear, uh, uh, Braun, uh, you know, almost counted out, which would have been epically hilarious. Um, and then of course, off of the, the, you could see all the boxes they had yeah. covered in black felt, but I mean, that was a pretty good spot. I wasn't expecting, um... I kind of half expected Bobby Lashley to come out to get the screw job on Braun, but when he busted through like the Kool-Aid man, um, <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it was what it was. I, I, they got to stop squashing Braun, put the championship on him one good time, let him have a run, and then give him the big show treatment. Yeah. I agree. The next match was a SmackDown Tag Team Championship match. Triple threat between um, Daniel Bryan and Rowan, Recyclable Rowan, defending their title against Heavy Machinery and The New Day. This match was awesome. Uh, I love Heavy Machinery. Heavy Machinery. I thought they could have won. Tuka, tuka. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, damn, they're so entertaining. They got some cool double team moves, too. Um... Daniel Bryan, of course, has been great for the Tag Team Championships because that means they had to feature him. They couldn't just let him fall by the wayside because it's Daniel F.N. Bryan. Yep. So I was really afraid what may happen if they lost those titles to Heavy Machinery because, well, I mean, the Revival's a really good tag team, but they get forgotten all the time. So I figured, well, Heavy Machinery could get could get forgotten. The Usos were on pre-shows only for so long. Yep. And I think until this past WrestleMania, they'd never been on Mania's real card. Mm -mm. So they don't treat tag teams well. Daniel Bryan made them do that. Luckily, they lost it to the New Day, which is a group that always gets featured on TV regardless. So The Golden Day. I love this match from beginning to end. Um, the only problem I had was Eric Rowan. Yes. He's just not a good wrestler, and nope. he was doing moves. I was like, you're going to hurt people because you don't know how to wrestle. Yep. You can't wrestle. Yeah, boy. <laughs> what uh, highlights you got written down for this one? Uh, just, I like the way that Heavy Machinery ha works well together. Yeah. Uh, Otis is probably one of my favorite wrestlers. <laughs> Today, I mean, these fools come down to the ring imitating the bushwhackers you you get otis in the ring sometimes and he, he starts to hulk up like he's tapping into his inner hogan i just this match was just phenomenal and in my heart of hearts i really wish that that heavy machinery would have won this match that being said i go back to what you just mentioned if they would have won it they would have been not on tv and they would have ended up on a pre-show on a pay-per-view so yeah. The heavy machinery has proved that they're at that championship level. And I do see in their future, uh, 
will it happen this year? Probably not. But I do see in their future them being tag team champs. And actually, you know, the fans already, everybody loves Otis. Yeah. <laughs> I don't see how the man walks around because he's, wow. But yeah, I love this match. This match was phenomenal. Man, and he's like Chris Farley and Rhino all kind of combined. That was a nice, yeah, that was a nice comparison. Man, I was just trying to picture Otis in regular clothes, and I'm like, how does how does that that happen? work in real life? Yeah, oh, Otis is great. Um, next up was United States Championship match: AJ Styles versus United States Champion Ricochet. This is the match. I was like, sorry, kid. AJ Hill turned. He ain't losing to you. Nope. And he didn't. And he won the way I wanted him to win as a heel. Win with help. Yep. Win with help. Um, this match was great. Uh, there were so many spots. There were so many spots. I uh, loved this match. I loved the standing shooting star presses. I loved all the, the regular AJ Styles stuff. I, man, I just loved this match. This was so good. Oh, man. This was one that I really didn't take a lot of notes on because I was glued to the screen. Yeah. I always do that with AJ matches, though. Everyone hates it. And I'm so glad. I'm so glad that um, the club is being featured now. Yeah. And not just pushed down to the back or brought in for comedic relief. I like the way they work together. AJ used that heel tactic to the nth degree. I was really pleased with this match. I mean, not taking anything from Ricochet. I mean, he did a phenomenal and job. He did a good, great job. But you know, you knew with the club reforming, mm -hmm. AJ couldn't win it. Couldn't lose his first match nope. with the reformed club. And you could say this match was too sweet. <laughs> Sorry, I won't ever do that again. I'm gonna do it every every pay per view. Um, go back and watch that match. It was so good. It was it was so good. It makes me sick, and it's not just because I'm feeling sick. Um, the WWE Championship was also on the line next, and it was Kofi Kingston defending his title against, I feel like he's today's Bray Wyatt, Samoa yeah. Joe. Samoa Joe, who gets opportunity after opportunity and always does great with promos and matches, and he's never allowed to win the title. Yep. What the hell? He got to hold the U.S. title for a cup of coffee, and that was it. Yep. So, this match was fine. I don't... It was weird. I'm not sure if they really clicked well. It was good. I mean, it's Kofi and Samoa Joe, but it wasn't gangbusters like I thought. Nope. I mean, I, the angle with the fingers, I mean, I get it. Ha ha, funny, funny. Break his fingers on the steel chair or try to at least. This was another match that we could have seen on SmackDown. Uh-huh. Or it's a match that they could have added more opportunities to. Oh, yeah. Or it's a match that could have had a better stipulation than, yep. no, than nothing. Yep. Um, that would have been great. Mm -hmm. Put him in a cage. Put him on a ladder. Put him in a... Man, if you really want to mess with people, put him in the first blood match. Pay-per-views mm. don't have to have a rating. Nope. Um, yeah, so that was the thing. Kofi Kingston won. And now, because we've been, we've been talking about it for years, the golden day. We've been talking about this for three or four years. However, never with a WWE championship. It was always with a mid-card title and the and the tag titles. Yep. Oh, man. Oh, the golden day. Um, the next matchup. Uh, Extreme Rules. Winners take all. Mixed tag team match for the Universal and Raw Women's Championship match. 
It's Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch, the annoying couple that nobody likes anymore, defending their titles against Baron Corbin. And, of course, the woman they always have to announce is the sassy Southern Belle, Lacey Evans. Yeah. I hate nicknames being announced by announcers. Mm-hmm. Like um, the man who gravity forgot when that was Neville. And WWE's residential superhero, Ricochet. I hate it. 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 I hate it so much, especially when everyone has to have a nickname and none of them are great. Yep. Um, so, this match was cool. Uh, Baron Corbin looked the strongest I've seen him look in a long time. Um, Lacey Evans looked really good. Oddly enough, Seth looked kind of boring in this match, which I've been bored of his wrestling style as a babyface for a while. Only about a year and a half. And um, Becky Lynch has lost a lot of steam since being paired with Seth Rollins. Yep. I'm still not convinced their relationship is real, but I am convinced that they should not have broadcast that so much. Mm-hmm. Forced it down our throats. Every damn Instagram pic of Seth Rollins or Becky going backstage. It's just awful. And it's not really in a I hate relationships kind of way. Like, I'm not some angsty teen. It's just boring. Yeah. Like, Becky was strong by herself. And now she either looks like Maria Canellis. Yeah. Or Maria, back when she was Maria. She looks, you know, like either Seth Rollins is coming to save her or she's going to, to save Seth Rollins. Yep. It's like, well, she was better when she was the man. Damn right. And I don't, I don't, okay. Um, okay. <laughs> this match was fine. It was fine. Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch won. I love the table spot. The table spot oh. was neat. That was awesome. Seth went up a little bit above Becky. Becky did a leg drop, Al, and Seth Rollins did a frog splash and almost overshot it, Al. Yeah. Uh, that was cool. Uh, the kendo stick stuff was cool. How Baron and, and um, Lacey Evans just kept beating them with kendo sticks and then chairs. And then, of course, Baron hit that end of days on Becky, and Seth came after his ass. Oh, with yeah. everything. That was probably my favorite part of the match. Oh, yeah just centering around Seth himself. He snapped, and he beat the whole of Jesus out of Baron Corbin. Yeah. And I wanted to see him keep beating him. <laughs> he should be up Lacey Evans. She's the one with that chair that busted up Becky's face. Yep. Like, she had a big old welt. Anything I missed from this match that was considerably entertaining? Uh, well, you know, earlier in the night, Paul Heyman came out, and uh-huh. what's, what's hilarious, my note says... Alfred Hitchcock walks out to tell everybody Brock Lesnar's there. <laughs> Thanks, Alfred Hitchcock. This is the Twilight Zone where Brock Lesnar shows up for events. And wouldn't you know it, uh, Hitchcock was right. Here here comes... That is true, after Becky and Seth won. Yeah, hey, at least Seth kept his end of the bargain with Becky. You know, she said, oh, oh, I'm not going to cost you your title. He's like, oh, well, I'm not going to cost you your title. Becky dropped the ball. When you quote Becky, I need you to do it in the Irish accent. I can't do Irish accent. Not unlike Fat Bastard from Austin Powers. Scottish. That I can do. All right, all right. (laughs) That's the thing. Shrek is here. Um, Brock Lesnar cashing in was great. A, because Paul Heyman runs Raw now. We'll get into those rumors in a minute. Um, So maybe Brock will show up, up more. B, Seth was really boring. People were saying that the Kofi-Seth runs with the title was the most boring title holders in history. Kofi does need the New Day to to be entertaining. Him by himself, he's not a promo guy. 
good wrestler, but he's not a promo guy. Seth, his wrestling style has gotten boring to me, and I'm sure it's gotten boring to others, but his promo style is very annoying. Yep. It's very false. He's a natural heel, and you can tell when natural heels are baby faces and they, they don't fit. Yep. Um, but yeah, Brock is champion. How do you feel? I'm okay with it, I guess. Um, I, I, you know, the more I think about stuff, the more I have to, I smile, I chuckle at myself because, you know, you here in the past, you've made the, 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 the comment about the world's greatest with Shane uh-huh. and then bringing in punk. I'd love to see that oh, at yeah. SummerSlam. It this, won't happen now. No. This right in here, with Brock coming and doing it, it makes sense. And I'm hoping that with him winning, that Heyman will have him on Raw more than in the past. Because the only complaint about him isn't him being champion, because he's a great wrestler. It's that he doesn't show up. Exactly. If if Heyman can get him booked on a you know two Raws a month, I would be fine with that. Yes. Um, and it, you know, the beginning of the month, end of the month, just whatever. Have him on the show in some capacity, in the ring. Doesn't even have to be a title match. Set up a feud with somebody. Yeah. But we need to have him be a fighting champion. All the other guys can do it. Why can't Brock? Yeah. So with Heyman stepping in, hopefully that will change. At least that's uh, my line of thinking with how this should go. But who knows? I would treat it like the John Cena U.S. Open Challenge where Brock wrestles a couple of different people a month and lets them look good. Yep. Doesn't make himself look super beatable, but lets them look good. Like he he does with AJ and Daniel Bryan at the Survivor Series back-to-back. Exactly. And even if, okay, Brock doesn't have to win every match. It doesn't have to be a title match. You know, to set up a really good feud, if you have somebody come in and get the win over Brock on a Raw, it would make his win at the next pay-per-view that much better storytelling people imagine him getting put into a random tag match player and then he loses how pissed he'd be at his uh tag team partner yeah then fight him in the next week yes that'd be cool um of course paul Heyman runs raw okay let's address those rumors now because people are saying that paul and eric don't run raw and smackdown Mm -hmm. they're executive producers where they're overseeing everything that's happening I don't know if I believe that because the first rumors were that they were over the creative. And now it's like, well, they're over the production. It's like, isn't Kevin done over the production always anyway? Mm-hmm. Like, Vince doesn't even deal with that. He just sits in Gorilla. And now Vince is in, isn't in charge of any of it. So at the very least, the writers are back in charge and Vince isn't. Um, but we don't know what to trust. If you like basketball, then basically... What's going on with the reports about Paul and Eric is the same thing that was going on with the reports about Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, and then the third option that no one thought would sign them, signed them. So there's your basketball thing. Sports, um, it's the same thing happening here. Don't trust any of those dirt sheets. Dirt sheets are neat to read, but they're mostly wrong. They're yeah. almost always wrong, and uh, so you know they get a few big things right a year, and so if people trust them. Just don't trust them. Just watch it and enjoy. Yeah. We can tell Vince isn't in charge. Except for on Raw, when no rematch clause, and then all of a sudden Seth Rollins, yeah, like Seth Rollins won. He didn't earn that. It's a fake sport. They chose Seth Rollins. It is a rematch clause. Don't lie to me. Yep. Don't 
lie to me. At the very least, have two guys go over at the same time and have them have a match the next week to determine the true number one contender. But don't lie to me within the first 24 hours. Yep. Yep. Jesus. And this Monday Night Raw, there were maybe one, two matches that felt like Heyman was in charge. SmackDown, on the other hand, had Bischoff written all over that show. And I loved it. I felt like if Bischoff is in charge of it, it has evolved greatly. If it is a writer, then they really got to unleash. I got three women's matches on a two-hour show. Finally, we get to see the Kabuki Warriors. Versus the Iconics. And the Iconics finally defend their titles. In the best heel way possible. It was amazing. And it was kind of it was cool when Peyton Royce pulled, pulled Billy off the thing. She's like, no, no, no. We're going to stay right here. Right here. And then they walked out like the damn boss, which pissed off Oscar and Kari Sainbert. And Paige. Oh, man. Paige is a great manager for both of those. And this is a really good setup for a SummerSlam match, which they need women featured. Because Vince has felt like he gave up on the women's revolution the day Ronda was gone. Yep. Since then, he has not cared. He has let the man become a, a cooled-down movement. He let Lacey Evans... Mainline three pay-per-views in a row. Even though Raw has other talent. Alexa had to fight the SmackDown champion just to get on the pay-per-view card. Yeah. And uh, could you imagine what it would do for the man if she bought, fought Alexa and Nikki Cross and beat both of them? That was a Becky Lynch kind of move, but they let Bailey do it. Becky Lynch looks like, well, I've already mentioned it, Maria Canellas or Maria. <laughs> so that's a little annoying, but honestly... I mean, SmackDown, not only that, but they gave us Bailey and Ember Moon versus Absolution. I'm still going to call them Absolution. Fire and Desire stupid. Yeah. Um, and Absolution is a cool name. But we got both of them, uh, both of those teams, and Bailey and Ember Moon won, and then Bailey and Ember decided they were going to be the title match at SummerSlam. And we got Liv Morgan on the show fighting Charlotte. And I love that match. She called Charlotte fake after she, after Charlotte beat her. She went over to the announce desk and got them the headset, and she said, "You know what? Maybe Charlotte's right, but when I come back, I'll be real." <laughs> so I feel like she's going back to her NXT uh, version of Liv Morgan because the, Ru the Riot Squad version of Liv Morgan was completely different than the NXT version. The look on Corey Gray's face when she yanked that headset off of him was priceless. Yeah, she still said, "What? Only Carmella's allowed to wank you." <laughs> <laughs> you know, another match that was featured on SmackDown, which I thought was better that night than at the pay-per-view, was Cesaro and Aleister Black. Yes. Yes, we got a lot of cool stuff. I thought the town hall thing was neat. That was awesome. I thought Kevin Owens came down to stun Shane was neat, even if Shane botched it. But hey, later in that night, watch Kevin Owens' stunner to Shane. He pulls Shane's neck down on his shoulder. It's like, you ain't gonna screw this up now. He cinched that stunner up so tight, it was not funny at all. And you know Shane felt that the next day. Yeah, and the, the luckily the Kevin Owens, um, uh, what's Dolph Ziggler? That's his name. He's so boring. The 17-second match. And honestly, that's all we needed from those two guys. Forgot about that on pay-per-view, but they got a rematch on SmackDown. Luckily, it was just to bring out the new yep. corporation, basically. And uh, Kevin Owens hightailed it after he got that stunner on Shane. And uh, Drew, of course, uh, remained there to help his um, heterosexual life mate, <laughs> Shane McMahon. Um, I, everything about SmackDown was so cool. 
It was so neat. We got Shinsuke actually on TV and the Intercontinental title on TV. And then Mustafa Ali walks over, pats that title and says, Congratulations, champ. All right, that's going to be a cool match. That's going to be awesome. Paula Cruz and Andrade had a really neat match. I liked it. Um, man. That just, SmackDown was probably one of the better SmackDowns I've seen in a while. It got great ratings, but people usually don't. No one's in that era where it's like, hey, you got to watch SmackDown. It, it started off really good. Oh, it's only an hour in? Yeah, let me change that channel. No, this is something based off of the pay-per-view. People liked yeah. what SmackDown pulled off on the pay-per-view. You know, they they had Bailey winning a two-on-one match. Their tag team title match was great. Shinsuke versus Finn Balor was really good. Like, SmackDown had the better matches. I, I, I'm, the, the whole thing had Bischoff written all over it, in my opinion. Because if you go back and you watch uh, WCW pay-per-view and then catch the, the Nitro right after, Bischoff was really good about making sure that the storylines continued if it still had that momentum to continue. And we we got this on SmackDown this week, so good on you, Bischoff. And let's not forget the the, the number one good championship match in WCW history happened on a Nitro, Goldberg yep. versus Hulk Hogan. Now the number one most famous match happened on pay-per-view, and that was the, the finger poke of death, but we won't talk about that. Because <laughs> um, you know what that was? That wasn't even Eric Bischoff. Yeah. That mm. was Mr. Russo. Mr. Russo. Bro. Bro. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what a douchebag. Um, I mean, just because he was a shock jock in the Azure era, none of that stuff would fly anymore. You need people to evolve. Luckily, Paul Heyman stayed in the business and evolved with it. Eric Bischoff got away from the business and then fell back in love with it in a different era. Yep. So that's cool. I like both of them. I hope they have the control we think. Either way, someone's doing their job right. Yep. Raw wasn't terrible, but it wasn't great. But SmackDown was great, so... <laughs> Cool. Uh, of course, we know some title match stuff uh, for the next pay-per-view for SummerSlam. We won't predict yet, but I can. we can go over who got matches. Uh, Bailey versus Ember Moon, of course. Yeah. Um, we can guess Shinsuke and Mustafa Ali, but that may change. It may add more people. Uh, we definitely are getting Seth Rollins versus Brock Lesnar and yep. Becky Lynch versus Natalia. That's going to be a barn burner, he said sarcastically. I, I, I don't understand. Yep. Unless this is her go home yeah. type situation and they're giving her one little title match before she retires. Yeah. I'm for it. If it's not, what the hell is the story? And uh probably getting Kofi versus Randy Orton, which I'm really excited about. Oh, that would be epic to see Kofi I, versus Randy. If, if they have a they had a feud before apparently. I wasn't watching wrestling at the time, but also Kofi if he's going to drop the title to anybody, Randy Orton is fine. Yep. Um, the match that I think should main event, though, is none of those. I think Raw championship matches don't get that easy main event anymore because there's not the threat of Brock Lesnar cashing in. So, bye. Get onto the mid or early card. Um, the main event for SummerSlam should be Bray Wyatt versus the Demon Finn Balor. Yes. And I say that because Demon Finn Balor needs to lose to Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt comes in and... and and doesn't do anything. He's always revamping himself slightly, and he never does anything. He's He won the World Championship, or the SmackDown title, WWE title, once. And he lost it within a month to Randy Orton at Mania. He was a transitional champion. Yeah. You've got to build him up. His first victim needs to be the Demon, who's never been beaten. He needs to finally give the Demon a... Uh, a loss, which also helps the demon, because then you don't know will he win or will he lose. Yep. So you don't automatically know the demon's going to win. 
So I bet it benefits him, but it also benefits Bray Wyatt even greater by giving him a strong, uh, strong win. I would say build it over time. Maybe build it to the Rumble. And at the Rumble, have Bray Wyatt beat Brock Lesnar. Yes. For the title. I'd have, I mean, of course, that means Brock holds it till then, but I'm cool with that because what puts Bray Wyatt over the top after months of just dominating people than beating Brock Lesnar? And included in that run, if unless they make Brock a mid-card champion, which I don't see Bray becoming a mid-card champion just because you don't need him to lose it at all on the way to fighting Brock. Um, maybe he gets to beat Braun. Yep. Next person I'd feed him is definitely Bobby Lashley. Oh, yeah. Bobby Lashley is useless, except for to feed the people, so whatever. I mean, what 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 better storytelling is that you have The Fiend versus The Demon. Yes. The Fiend beats The Demon, which we all, we all know that Finn has asked for some time off. Yes. This is how you, in storyline, this is how he gets that time off. The Fiend... At Survivor Series versus the Phenom. Yeah. Oh. Gets his revenge. Mm. That's what I want. So we'll see if we get it. But uh, thank you guys for listening. That's the end of our show. We'll see you tomorrow. No, we'll see you maybe next week. We've been on a roll now doing everything uh, a couple weeks in a row. So cool. What? Yeah. We'll see you guys next week.